What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. The supermajority of employees at Glide Foundation have joined together to form a union named Glide United with the Office and Professional Employees International Union, OPEIU Local 29. To discuss, we are joined by Mario Limos, an organizing committee member of Glide United. He works for the Glide Foundation, as well as Juliana Dunn, an organizing committee member of Better Compass for All with OPEIU L29. Good morning to you both. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Glad to have you both. Mario, I want to talk first just about Glide, Glide's history, its mission, the critical work it does day in and day out for the folks. Glide, as we know it, is an institution in San Francisco. Um, one of our biggest ethos is radically inclusive. We welcome everyone. We value our differences and we respect everyone. We're about truth telling, we're loving and hopeful, and we're for the people. I mean, that's really our ethos in its its glory, I would say. Our work, uh, it it really sort of covers quite a large scale of what we do. One of the main aspects of what Clyde does is we feed people. From uh, we have three, we serve three meals a day, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it's uh, approximately over six hundred thousand a year. Um, we have various programs. Uh, we have uh, FYCC, which is our uh, youth uh, family and youth pr- uh, center. We do harm reduction. We do men in progress. We also have a women's center. We have a walk-in center, which is. Uh, right on the steps of um, Glide, where people come in and get the services that they need. My 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 role at Glide is uh, I am one of two of the uh, fundraisers for our major gift program here at Glide, um, where we raise uh, where we raise money for the organization. Why the decision to unionize, and how will it concretely impact the quality of life for folks that work at Glide? So Glide is one of the main structures of why we decided to unionize is to get a seat at the table um, and really is a fair uh, salary for and for our workers on the frontline staff to uh, to have a living wage for our staff members. Um, that uh, that is really at the core of um of what we are fighting for. We have a lot of folks that are, during COVID, we realized that they were not getting, not uh, they had to work two or three jobs. And one of the things is we see that some of our clients are uh, getting better services than our actual, um, than our actual workers as well. And what has the process been like? How has management, res- management responded um, to the call from the employees to, to unionize? Yeah, we're really disappointed because um, they, uh, our management has not responded well. Um, we presented them a letter about a month ago and they did not voluntarily uh, accept the union. They felt that um, it was best for the management to work directly with the staff. And um, we, we were really disappointed. And through the last couple of weeks, we have uh, quite a bit of union busting uh, that is happening um, and we're are as we have a set date for the vote, which is November 10th, which is next week. 
And uh, we are hopeful, I, I'm very hopeful along with our organizing committee that we will succeed in this, um, in the vote and be a part of the uh, union for OPIU. It seems that given the work that you all do and the ethos and mission that you started this conversation with, that ensuring that all people have the ability to thrive, i.e. keep a roof over their head and feed their families, would be a basic tenet of the way in which the institution would operate. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's so disheartening, because it's something that I feel our founders are, you know, really had strived for um, Cecil Williams and Janice Mercatani. And that's why we are, um, you know, we feel that it's something in the grain of what we work for that we hopefully can have a seat at the table. So there's a discord of sorts. And, um, you know, in the next few weeks, hopefully we will prevail with um, with having um, the union on our side. And then, Mario, you mentioned a few minutes ago that there had been some attempts at union busting. Can you walk our listeners through what that's looked like? Sure. So um, one of the things most recently, they, um, the, uh, the, our ELT, executive leadership team, what has happened was pamphlets were being distributed throughout the organization, um, sort of showcasing or actually just um, kind of it's it's a scare tactic, as I would see it. I've never really been a part of the union. Well, I was a while ago, but it's sort of a scare tactic of realizing, sort of pointing out as to what would go wrong if you joined a union. Your salaries could possibly go down in terms of the bargaining. Um, they were they were sort of it, it was spelled out in a very sort of legal manner, and I think for the most part of it is some of our frontline staff. They need a lot of help with um, you know. They feel scared, in all honesty, and I think that that's one of the ways that they're sort of trying to intimidate some of the folks that really at the core, what what I feel are our heroes that actually, um, you know, they they feel like they don't have a say in regards to how they're going to vote. The other uh, the other sort of mechanism that they've come, uh, they've have they're having these meetings with each department um, and trying to talk them into or talking them about the pros and cons about being a part of the union and trying to uh, trying to change the narrative, I would say. Mario, you all sent out a, a an email citing a, communi- a communication by Glide that $64.21 is what is needed, uh, an hour is what is needed to live in San Francisco and that Glide employees are far from that number. Can you talk a bit about that campaign? And then I guess I have a question specifically about management. Is there anyone at Glide that makes that amount an hour? And is wealth redistribution a way that would get everybody to a living wage? That's a really good point. So this, uh, I think this initially started, and at least for a number of us, that this was uh, put out as a um, as a fundraising letter to our donors uh, citing that number, and it was directly assigned by our CEO, Karen Hanrahan. Karen has been with Glide, I think, a little bit over three to four years. I'm not exactly sure. Karen also does not live in San Francisco. She lives in Washington, D.C., and it's troubling for us. Glide being such a grassroots organization, um, you know, and all hands on deck, um, it, it just, there's there's a sense, and when that... Uh, when that fundraising letter did um, sort of re- was read by some of the folks on 
at staff, we just felt complete, it just felt really disheartening, to be quite honest, that so many people at Glide do not and, you know, except if probably if you're in the senior leadership team that you're making that, you know, that amount. Um, and it was, it, people were angry. People were really angry by that because it just felt like so out of touch. And this is something directly put out by our CEO in regards to a living wage when half of the folks, you know, that work, I mean, I would say 90, 99% of the folks that work at Glide do not make that amount of money. We're a nonprofit and yes, but they haven't really addressed that letter or any of that, um, you know, the, that actual uh, address any of that in regards to the $64. Mario, you mentioned that that some of the work that you do with, with Glide is around fundraising. And so, um, you know, I'm sorry, so there's, there's individual donors, right? There's foundations. Right. Um, and then I, I think I understand that, that there's a group of, of uh, nonprofits that um, the city is also committed to giving some funding to as well. And that Glide is one of those organizations. I'm wondering if the city funding can at all or is it all tied to um, a, a demand with some of the city leaders that have supported your right to unionize? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that, you know, part of it is, um, you know, I, I go back to this as having a seat at the table as we are not, I, I feel like we're not getting the right answers from our executive leadership team and not having total transparencies in regards to our 990s, how, how we're sort of navigating in regards to our, our salaries. I think that, there, you know, there's there's a little talk, but there's never really sort of, you know, we have a lot, we just don't know exactly how the leadership team is really paying attention to our cause, you know, in regards to some of the basic needs for our frontline staff and for all of our staff. I mean, having a better healthcare, you know, having a, a different modality of uh, whether it's Kaiser or PPO, but I, I just, it's, it seems like it's all on deaf ears. Juliana, I want to bring you into this. Where do you, where do you and your org fit in the organizing happening at Glide and in this larger conversation about supporting nonprofits in the unionization process? Absolutely. It's been exciting that Glide and our Better Compass for All campaign have kind of had uh, parallel timing in a way that we've been able to support each other. So Compass looks similar and a little bit different to Glide. Uh, we primarily serve families who are facing homelessness and housing instability. And a lot of our frontline workers, including myself, are facing the same kind of issues that Mario is talking about. We do not make anywhere close to $64 an hour, uh, much, much less than that. And um, yeah, so we're just, we're here to support each other, to really bolster each other's campaigns. Yesterday was our election. We had a huge turnout. Uh, we've been excited because our supermajority of support has stood strong through every step of the process. All of the union busting that Glide is experiencing, we went through some similar things uh, and we made it through. We're, we threw the authorization cards, through our senior management's denial to voluntarily recognize us, through all those captive audience meetings that uh, Mario was talking about where they're trying to quote unquote educate us about our union, really just union busting. And even through the month and a half that senior management made us wait to vote, we've, we've stayed united. And so we're trying to really bring that experience and share that with our union siblings at Glide so that we can um, bolster each other up and, and 
really be good union siblings in that. Is this the beginning of, of perhaps an, a, a, a coalition being formed? Are there other entities, other uh, nonprofits in the city that you're looking to help support unionize? Um, I mean, that would be amazing. I think within OPEIU, there actually is already an existing uh, nonprofit kind of uh, network. Um, so there, we were able to connect also with the SF Marin Food Bank as we were beginning to start our campaign and as we've gone through our campaign. And that really helped us to just see what are the benefits of unionizing? What did it look like pre-union and post-union at that workplace? And the parallels between our workplaces. So I think that's happening. Um, formally, I would say it would be within that kind of OPEIU nonprofit uh, network. Uh, but informally, we're just kind of coming together as we learn about each other and trying to support each other in that way. Got it. I, and I'm sorry, when we started this call, I thought that you all had already unionized. I didn't realize that you were still in the middle of your campaign. And so I, I guess I have uh, questions for you, too, about what historically the process has been dealing with your management. And is your management making closer to 6125 Our management is, I think they're making closer... Um, the pay disparities are, are pretty huge at Compass. I don't think they're quite as egregious as we've heard about at Glide. Um, however, we're, just, we're still just not making enough. Um, historically, you know, I've heard rumors about unionizing efforts that took place 10 plus years ago. Um, Compass has been around for over a century, so they've kind of taken on a lot of different forms. Our current executive director has been with the org, I think, over 25 years. Um, and just the way that the organization is built is very hierarchical. So senior leadership kind of makes decisions around how every program is going to operate, and then we need to follow those decisions. And what really bolstered our campaign or really got us started in trying to unionize um, was coming up against that barrier of, of not being able to be heard and actually be respected. Um, I was a part of a group that was called the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Working Group at Compass. And it was led uh, by a wonderful former director um, of that, organ of that um, portion of the organization. And back in, I wanna say July of last year, maybe August or so, um, we had a lot of conversations because management was all of a sudden saying, okay, we're ending. We had been in a hybrid work environment for most people, not for our teachers. Our early child care educators had to work five days a week with the disease <laughs> happening through the whole pandemic, pre-vaccine. They were there with the kids, snot boogers and all, um, and they put their, their families at risk in doing that, but they, you know, they needed to be at work and they needed the work. Um, so but the rest of us who are working in case management, um, some facilities workers also had to be there five days a week. But we had the option of like mm, two days remote, three days in the, op in the office. And suddenly they said, okay, we're going back five days a week. And this is just as Delta surging too. So we all still have big concerns for our health, which we continue to have. Um, and there was no discussion. There was no Let's survey and see what people think. It was, okay, we're going five days a week into the office. And um, so as the working group, we started thinking through, okay, why is this an equity issue? You know, what, what, how does this relate to the work that we're trying to do? We had other things that we're working on as well, but, you know, what does this look like? How are, um, how are parents affected, who, parenting employees affected when they 
suddenly do not have the remote work uh, capacity. So many of us are super commuters. Um, I fortunately only have to commute from Oakland, but we have people all the way out in Hayward further than that who have to you know, pay a lot of money to make it into work every day because we can't afford to live in the city where we're trying to help our families find housing. Um, and so all of those things we're thinking about, we're also thinking about, you know, how are people treated in the in the uh, workplace? How does it look differently for Black, Indigenous, people of color in our workplace, especially when our leadership or in our board are predominantly white? Um, and how can we, you know, really bring this up as an issue of equity to our leadership? And so we did that. We wrote a letter. We said, this is an equity issue and this is why. And we got two thirds of our um, staff to sign on. And once we did that, we submitted it and the response was radio silence and a lot of yelling behind closed doors. And we were able to hear, you know, meetings with lawyers and nothing for a full month. And this is a, 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 an organization sanctioned group that is doing this work. Um, and finally, they come back to us and they say, OK, we will like to have a listening session with you. And so we sit down for the listening session and it's prefaced with our executive director saying, for the record, this is not a negotiation. Uh, you are not a recognized bargaining group. At this point, we, you know, maybe it had crossed our minds that we might want to unionize, but we weren't even thinking about it uh, in a real way. And just going through that listening session, talking right. through all of the things that we need to talk about, um, we realized that, you know, none of these things are going to be addressed in any real way. Um, that it's going to be always on the defense. And then the workplace just became a really hostile environment. Um, and so we decided, you know what, we're done with trying to go through the systems that management has set up because um, they're failing us and let's let's support each other. All right, final question for both of you in just 30 seconds each. Uh, Mario, we'll start with you and then Juliana, we'll with you. Uh, how can the public support you? What are you asking community to do? I think just awareness is really important to realize that I think what one of the things is, um, you know, when we get into the type of work we are doing, um, we're always, um, you know, sort of the guise of it is, oh, we're doing it because we love to do it, but we also need to be compensated for it. You know, we, we need specifically as we live in San Francisco and in the Bay Area, one of the most hardest hit areas in regards to having, finding a, a place to rent, which is, you know, it's an it's it's very expensive here, and we we just want to have a you know we don't want to I mean we I I've heard of people who work at Glide are living in their cars. I mean it's it, it just you know we need to clean our own house before we clean before we help our clients. I think the stories keep going on and on and on. Um, you know, in answering the earlier question you had asked, you know, we have to raise $17 million a year in our fundraising efforts. I didn't want to get Yeah, that's what I thought. I, that it yeah. was between I didn't want to get into the details of it because they're so, I mean, it's despairing. You know, it's it's just hard to really talk about that. But I think that over the, it, 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 it you know, it, it, I can feel the anger from the folks that are working and they've been doing it. We have people that have worked at Glide for 20 some years, like Juliana was saying. And I was listening to Juliana, I see such similarities and I've only been at Glide for a year. So, I mean, I just hope for the better. Uh, I think that it's it's like being in a bad relationship. You can't see, see out of it, but I really see a brighter place to go towards and fighting for 
ourselves and fighting for the rights of what we just getting a seat at the table. Okay, I'm going to leave you there, Juliana. 20 seconds, anything that people can do to support y'all's campaign? Absolutely. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Better Compass for All. I would also say just if you'd like to write a letter to our executive director, please do in support of us and say, you know what? Compass is a family organization. Support the families who work there. All right. I want to thank you both for joining us this morning. We have been speaking to Mario Lemos, an organizing committee member of Glide United uh, with OPEIUL29. He works for Glide Foundation and Juliana Dunn, an organizing committee member of Better Compass for All with OPEIUL29. They have worked for Compass Family Services, a prominent social services agency in San Francisco, serving families facing houselessness and housing insecurity for about two years. Thank you to you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kat. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. Bye.